<laughs> okay, let's get to the word of the Lord tonight. Actually, last week um, I preached a, a word about, I think it was about looking at the outside. Tonight I want to look at a little bit about on the inside. So I want to share a word about it's not enough. And um, the other day when I was in the supermarket, um, I saw several kids and I thought this, this really came to my mind. You know, when mum takes the kids shopping or something, and sometimes dad takes the kids shopping, and the kids just want this and they want that, and the parents trying to push the trolley down the middle of the aisle so the kid can't grab, <laughs> grab it things, and then they start crying and throwing tantrums, and these days you can't spank the kids, so it's pretty tough for parents. So, you know, for these kids, they're like, it's not enough, I want more. So I wanted to preach a word on that because you know what? I thought they're naughty kids. But you know what? Sometimes we're like naughty kids too. And it's kind of in our nature, in all of us, and it goes right back um, to, the, to, the, to the beginning in the book of Genesis. And I want to go back to there and share a word about it's not enough. Okay. So in the book of Genesis... God has created the heavens and the earth and all these amazing, wonderful things. He's created Adam. And then it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So this is a really nice garden. Who's got a garden? Who loves a garden? Yeah, yeah, I love the garden too. Anyway, so this was actually the most perfect garden ever because God made it and everything was perfect back then. And it says he's created Adam and he's created this wonderful garden. He's created all these amazing trees and they all look so wonderful. I mean, I wonder what it looked like. It must have been amazing. Everything was pleasant to the sight and good for food. So this is a, a perfect, perfect place. Then it says this. Uh, after the, I didn't do every verse here, but the, he created this beautiful woman for her, for him as well, Eve, to be his helper, to be his partner in life. And then it says, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. That's pretty special. Because God created them, you'd think that he would name everything. But he actually involved Adam in the process. Say, come on, fella, what are you going to call all these creatures that I've created? And whatever call, Adam called every living creature, that was its name. So from the beginning, God trusted him. To name all the animals, he involved him in it. It was, you know, teamwork actually. Pretty special. Pretty special. So things are going perfectly well. But then the serpent, which is the devil, has basically come in the form that you know she would have she wouldn't have thought, ah, a snake. <coughs> she wouldn't have thought that back then because everything was perfect. So then the serpent says to the woman, you will not surely die. Because God had planted all these trees and he said, don't touch. 
Don't touch that one tree. You can have every tree, but don't touch that one. You will not surely die. God said, don't touch that one. It's basically poison. Okay? For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. You'll be just like him. Knowing good and evil. God said, don't touch that one tree. It's poison. But the devil said, oh, no, you know what? It's actually good. You'll know good and evil. You'll know everything. You'll be like God. The temptation came. That voice came that said, something's missing. He's holding back from you. <laughs> and that's the temptation. This isn't enough. All this perfect, every tree, everything else, you've got to have that one as well. God said, don't touch it. But the devil's saying, no, that's not enough. You need everything. You need that one too. Why don't you just try it? Okay. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, just like all the others, and now she's seeing differently. She sees a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and she ate, and she also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. See, God said, all of this is enough. Just don't touch that one tree. But the devil comes in the form of the serpent and he said, no, it's not enough. You need to try this one. And when he said that to her, her thinking changed. Her thinking changed. She was like, yeah, we need to try that. It does look good. It does look like it's done. It tastes good. And it's going to give us wisdom. It must be good. She believed the lie. They didn't believe what God said. They believed what they wanted to hear. Because curiosity has always been there. Curiosity has always been there. If someone says, don't touch that or don't look in there, you want to look. That's human nature. That's what they wanted to do. And of course she did it. And they ate. And then it says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. They were opened. They could see the good like they always saw. But they could also see the evil. And they knew they were naked. Suddenly, they knew they were naked. Things were different now. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Before, they were totally covered with the glory of God. Everything was perfect and wonderful. But the enemy came and said, it's not enough. It's not enough. You need what God said you can't have or you shouldn't have or is harmful to you. Why did you just try it? And of course they did and suddenly everything changed and sin entered in and affected the whole human race, affects us now. And we're the same. Sometimes things are not enough for us either and it all goes back to here. You know, there was all kinds of sin that entered in, all kinds of disobedience, all kinds of covetousness, you know, all kinds of ungratefulness, lying, blaming, all these things began to manifest. 
and they are in us too. They're part of our nature. They're part of our nature. So it's kind of sad when they had everything they needed, it still wasn't enough because that voice came. And that's what we have to guard against. Most of us have everything we need. We've got enough, we've got more than enough. But those voices come. They often come on a daily basis. They come through social media right now. They come through marketing. They come through voices in different forms. But still they come as temptation and cause us to feel like we don't have enough and we become dissatisfied. And it compels us to do things and to be things that we weren't created to be, okay? I want to give you another example uh, out of the Word of God here from a king. And when this, um, he was a leader, so therefore he should have been an example. He was not a godly king, so he was a bad example in that. And he was a bad example in other things as well. Now, there's a story about this man, Naboth, okay? The king's name is Ahab. He's married to a lady named Jezebel. And there's this man named Naboth. And Naboth is a Jezreelite. And he had a vineyard, or vineyard, which was in Jezreel, next to the palace of Ahab, the king of Samaria. And so Ahab spoke, spoke to Naboth, saying, give me your vineyard, okay? So Naboth has got a vineyard. It's probably his livelihood. It's his family inheritance. It belongs to him. It's his property. It's been in his family for generations. And it's right next to the king's palace. Now, Ahab the king had everything he needed. He had more than enough. But then he says to this, this man, give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden. Oh, that sounds reasonable. I want it for a veggie garden because it is near. It's convenient for me. It's next to my house. He's calling his palace his house. <laughs> it's next to my house. And for it, I will give you a vineyard better than it. Well, that sounds good. Or, if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. So he's basically saying, I want your property. I want your vineyard, okay? I'll buy it from you. Or I'll give you one that's even better. Now that sounds like a good deal. But it actually isn't. It's actually a temptation. It's a temptation for Naboth to give something away that he is actually committed to under the Mosaic, the law of Moses. To keep that in his family line. And now the king knows this and he's tempting Naboth to break the law. Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid... The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased. He's angry. He's grumpy. <laughs> he's mad. I want that. 
What I've got is not enough. I want your vineyard for a veggie garden. I want you to break the law, give it away, give it to me, give it to me. What I've got is not enough and I don't care about you. I don't care about your livelihood. I don't care about your generations. I don't care about your inheritance. I want it. So he goes into his house, he goes into the palace. I, I haven't put the rest of this up. But the story is this, his wife Jezebel, who is also an evil queen, an evil woman, says to him, basically, what's your problem? So he says, this man won't give me that vineyard. He won't give it to me. That's basically what he was saying. And she said, don't you worry, I'll get it for you. She was so controlling. She said, I will get it for you. And you know what? She did. She did. She held a great feast and she invited Naboth. She got these criminal scoundrels, basically, to accuse him falsely of something. And when he was found to be guilty, even though he's falsely accused, under the law, they could take him out, stone him to death. And that's what they did. They falsely accused Naboth. They took him out. They stoned him to death. And then she said, okay, hubby, it's yours now. It's yours. And you think, oh my gosh, that is so evil. But you know, when you want something so badly, you make plans and you don't care. You don't care about people. Well, we do, but there are people who don't care about other people. They just want it so bad. They want it so bad. What they've got is not enough. They want your little thing. They've got all this big stuff and they want your little thing. And they'll do anything to get it. It could be your job. It could be your house. It could be something else. It could be your husband or wife or partner. It could be. But if somebody thinks they haven't got enough and they want yours, and it's in their hearts to do it. They will do anything. They will stop it. Nothing to get it. It's a driving force. A driving force. It drove Adam and Eve to disobey God. It drove this woman to have this man killed for his property. You know, it's a very strong force when you feel like you've got to have it. Okay? That's backed up by James chapter 3. It says, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. That's exactly what happened. They coveted, they were envious of that property. They coveted it. They wanted it. Okay? And they were self-seeking. She basically said, you're the king, you can do anything. And she's like, well, I'm the queen and I can do anything too. And they did. And every evil thing can be there. Horrible things happen. I put this in because this is pretty heavy. <laughs> this is nice, okay? Use things and love people. Don't love things and use people. That's exactly what Ahab and Jezebel did. 
that bad fruit, that envy, that selfishness. We have to guard ourselves against that too because there's a little bit of it in some of us as well and it will create that downward spiral and we begin to make plans how to get what we want because what we have doesn't seem enough. And the more you get, the more you want. Maybe not you, maybe not me, but it happens. And Jesus warned about this too. It's about the heart. We're talking about the inside. Luke chapter 12, Jesus said to them, Take heed, he was teaching the people, and he said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. He's warning them, don't want what everyone else has. Don't want it because they've got it, okay? Don't think you're lacking something, you're missing something all the time. Beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. It's not about all the stuff you've got. It's not about that. And then he begins to tell a parable. He loves to tell stories, okay? Simple stories with profound implications. He spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded <coughs> plentifully. Now this man is rich because the ground or the property that he has is very good. Therefore he should be grateful to the Lord. It yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? No room. Okay? I'm sure he had plenty of room. And so he said, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. So he obviously had plenty of room, plenty of barns, but he said, I want more. It's not enough. I'll build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. So he's basically a selfish person. He's saying, I've got plenty, but I want more. It's not enough. It's not enough. I will do this, and I will build this, and I will have this, and my goods, and my crops, and my stuff. It's all about him, that selfishness, that covetousness. You know, why couldn't he just keep what he had and give away some? He couldn't because it wasn't in him, okay? It wasn't in him. And then he says this, I'll say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. In other words, You've got plenty of stuff. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Just relax a little bit. You don't have to work so hard. You've got more than enough. But it still wasn't enough for him because he kept building and building and building more and greater. But God spoke to him. God said to him, you fool. That's a horrible... Imagine God saying to you, fool. Shocking. Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will these things be? 
which you have provided. Who's going to get all your stuff? And so it is. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Wow. That's very, very profound. He had so much, but he had actually nothing. He had more than enough, but he didn't have enough to buy his way into the kingdom. You will never have enough to buy your way into the kingdom. You'll never have enough to buy yourself peace if you're a selfish person. It says, don't lay up treasure for yourself. Be rich towards God. Be rich towards God. He would have been rich towards God if he'd given to the Lord. He obviously didn't. And he didn't give to others. He didn't share with others. He was like, look at my stuff. Look at my big barn. Look at my big house. Look at my big car. Look at my big boat. Look at my designer clothes. Wow, look at me. Are you impressed? Are you impressed? <laughs> See, people are trying to impress other people. They spend their lives trying to impress other people. Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that trap. Be rich towards God. Make room for God. He was making room for all his stuff, but he didn't make room for God. Make room for the Lord. We've got enough. We all have enough. There's things that we need. There's things that we want. But actually, we do have enough. We really do. If we've got the Lord, we've got more than enough. In 2 Corinthians, it says, it's written, this is powerful. It is written, and Paul's reminding them, he who gathers much had nothing. He who gathered much had nothing. Nothing left over. And he who gathered little had no lack. What was he talking about? He was actually reminding them in the time of Moses, when they were in the wilderness, and God spoke and said, I'm going to provide for you. And he provided the manna. Okay? And then he said, I want you to go out and collect as much as you need for your household, for your family. Collect as much as you need. And of course, some of them did that, but others collected more than they should have. They collected what they wanted rather than what they needed. And then by the morning, it went rotten, it stunk, and it had worms in it. Okay? It was making a point. Just have what you need. The rest actually stinks. <laughs> That's what it means. Unless you're rich towards God and give it to the Lord. He's saying you might gather a little, but you'll have no lack. Some people gather a lot, and yet they're still lacking. They're lacking the joy. They're lacking the security. The more they've got, the more they've got to lose. Okay? So that's the word of the Lord there. So what do we learn from all this? We've actually got all we need. We've actually got all we need. You might need something else next week or next month or next year. But if you've got the Lord, you've got more than enough and he will provide for you. 
Once we start thinking we don't have enough, we start becoming covetous. We start becoming disgruntled and disappointed with the Lord. And we start getting all these negative emotions and we start testing God. And then we begin to do things that we shouldn't be doing, like Adam and Eve. And they thought they didn't have enough. That's when they went off track and it's affected all of us. So now we have to be on guard. Jesus said, beware, be aware of covetousness. When you think, I really want it, I really, I really, I really, really want it. I need it. We probably don't. We probably don't. There's things that we have need, and the Bible says, he will provide our needs according to his riches in glory. Let's take it to the Lord in prayer, no matter how big or how small. It didn't seem like a big thing to just try something from that tree, but it did. It was big. So take it to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us your word, you give us examples to follow. Lord, we do not want to follow the example of Ahab and Jezebel to be so covetous that we would um, destroy somebody's life, that we would take these things um, from others and trample them down, basically. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to, to, to know that whatever we have, it's enough for now and that you will provide more than enough for when we need it. Lord, we just thank you that we are blessed to be a blessing, not to build greater, bigger, more grandiose, to impress others. Lord, we don't want to waste our lives chasing stuff. We want our lives to count, to matter. Lord, we don't want to let worldly things affect our soul or to deceive ourselves. Lord, we know that no matter how much we have, there's no way you can buy your way into the kingdom. It's by your grace that you've saved us. It's by your grace and your goodness that you provide for us. Lord, we thank you that what we have doesn't impress you at all. But what we give is what impresses you. So Lord, we just give to you tonight. We give to you our hearts. We give to you our time, our commitment. We give to you, Lord, our character. It's not about what we have. It's about who we are that really matters. Thank you, Lord, that we're not going to ever say to you, it's not enough. But we're going to be grateful. Grateful, Lord. We're not going to be tempted by the voices. We thank you, Lord, for wisdom, discernment, for strength, for faith. Hallelujah. For good things, good things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good.
God is good. I want to pray for anyone who wants prayer. Otherwise, have an awesome week. Drive safely out in that rain. Amen. Bye everyone online. <laughs>